Um, welcome to Speak Sex. I am your hostess, host, Eve Eurydice. I am your sex whisperer here on Jolt Radio. And today's episode features two well-known and uh, very talented women photographers whose work I admire deeply. Um, Mikey Steber, uh, who is um, a Guggenheim Fellow and uh, a Pulitzer finalist and has shot documentary photography in 70 countries. She did a seminal work about uh, Haiti, which is also a book uh, available through Aperture. Um, she worked on a series about African slave trade, which is powerful and moving. And she, um, she did a nine-year project on her mom as, you know, her mother was losing her memory. And she did the transplant series, face which was the face transplant, which was a two or three-year project. It was a three-year project, yeah. and it was published in 2018 in National Geographic yeah. magazine. Yeah, yeah. All of these are very powerful images, so please look them up, Google them, and, you know, you'll be convinced. <laughs> and my friend Star, who, Sariago, who... Um, this is her third time on the podcast, so she's a regular. Yes, yes. <laughs> Love talking with Eve about yeah. sex. Yes. <laughs> and Star is also a well-known photographer. She completed the Compassion Project, which was a, the work of a few years, documenting women who had been in prison. Um, her work in general uh, photographs, you know, women within some social justice um, or injustice, right? Quest exactly. for social justice, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, framework. So um, again, very powerful work and please look it up. So today, ladies, I wanted to start um, by bringing up a question that has been in my mind a lot. You know, as a, as a woman artist, I'm, I'm actually in a show um, with uh, Bunny Yeager. So that's where it came, that's where I've been thinking about it. Um, it's her work and mine, and the curator came up with the concept as like Miami women uh, artists uh, with an erotic edge, I guess, then and now. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, right. So it, it's interesting, you know, because when I, when I look at her, you know, I think, well, her work is different from like pinup photos because it's a woman through the lens. You know, in some of them it's her. So she, it's, it's, you know, uh, she's her own subject, which is. She was quite beautiful. She was beautiful. Yes, yeah. When she was young. And, and very free, you know, mm -hmm. uh, those prints, there are many prints that are not like the basic famous ones. Mm -hmm. And there is, you know, they're more surreal. You know, there is definitely a, a, an emphasis on the body that's not so packaged. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's old Miami Beach, you know, so you have like Sammy Davis Jr., you have a very young Hugh Hefner. Um, mm -hmm. But also, you know, one of the things that, that, we dis that was discussed was that she discovered Betty Page. Mm -hmm. And Betty Page wouldn't have opened up to the camera if it weren't for, for Bunny, you know, yes. being right. a woman. Yes. And right, 100%. It's true. Knowing how to handle her. And Betty Page actually was very sweetly innocent, because um, a lot of, I mean, she's a, she's gorgeous, 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 yeah, and so sweet and cute and lovely and 
sexy, but it I read a lot about her because I found this video that where she was doing S&M, but she wrote about it and she said, I didn't actually know what was going on. Wow. <laughs> I didn't realize. And they had her tied up and something in her mouth and she was supposed to walk around. And so she did all of this because she did what she was told, you know, as a model. But she didn't really realize what, what it was. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, but she was very, I think she was very sweet and innocent. Mm-hmm. And certainly gorgeous. Yeah. And they said, again, from, you know, it's secondhand, but they said that she did have, uh, you know, depression issues and psychological Mm. issues that developed later in life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in relationship to her imagery and where it went and what it became, right? Yes, yes. I'm sure she must have. Right. But what I, Mm. you know, what's interesting to to me in that show is that I started thinking about whether or not, because, you know, we see, we see um, Betty Page, you know, with like the tiger, the leopard print Mm -hmm. outfits and there's a tiger sitting there. So, and then my piece is that next to it, um, there is, there are a few that are called female animal. Uh, There is a screen, a dressing screen with women bound, you know, in S&M poses um, and it's all hand stitched you know which is like the women taking back the the medium that's so it's in the women right, right. so it's handiwork yes and it's meditative you know like hundreds of hours of work there but the question is can there be an authentic way for us to see as women you know and I and I spent some time with that there and then you know thinking about it and I'm doubtful. <laughs> so, 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 so I want to ask your opinion first, because you've, you've, that's your entire career. So the question specifically is, can women say it again, what you mean specifically for the question? Well, we, the, the question is that we all know what the male gaze is yeah. and right. what it does to the female body and how it uses, you know, the female, right. especially nude, but in general, you know, the, the female form. Uh, in, in all the different ways, you know, to sell products, to exercise our sexuality, you know, to kind of like objectify, package, all of that. Um, so as women artists, do we, can, are we, can we see in a way that could be described as a woman's gauge, mm-hmm. gaze, or, or are we just kind of like working around the male gaze Hmm. which is the familiar trope that we all right, know, right. that we all grew we rep- up on. Are we going to repeat that? Is there a way out? Can we not repeat it, right? And Well, it's actually a very interesting question that comes up quite a bit in documentary photography. And there's a lot of discussion, especially now, about whether you can tell whether a man has taken a photograph or a woman has mm-hmm. done it. Mm-hmm. And I've always grappled with that question because I know a lot of, uh, so I look at a lot of work by other people because I just, I love looking at it and I want to be well informed about what people are doing as well. And it's inspiring. But sometimes I look at the work of some men and I, I look at it and I think, well, there's no way I could tell if a man did this or a woman did it because there are a lot of very sensitive male photographers Mm -hmm. who have done extraordinary work that's extremely sensitive. And there are women who have gone and covered war 
that you wouldn't know if a man or a woman took these pictures because mm-hmm. it's not about the, yeah. the subject is so not related to gender. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it could be about at the same time. For example, there's a woman who went to cover the war in Afghanistan, and so many people have gone to photograph this war, this longest war, and she saw something that. Uh, nobody else was looking at, and it seems like men always like to go to the front lines and photograph all the action and things like that, but she saw that there was this thing in the culture where young girls were being married to older men. So a 12-year-old girl might Mm -hmm. be married to a Mm 60-year-old man. Mm -hmm. And she started, this is Stephanie Sinclair, and she started... Um, an organization, a nonprofit called Too Young to Wed. And so now she has this extraordinary organization that sends the girls to school and kind of buys them the time and provides money so that they're not forced to marry these older men. And it's an old custom in Afghanistan and some other parts of the world as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Definitely. It's an age-old custom. So as a woman, yes. and the she boys. was seeing other things. I think that sometimes, well, I am fond of saying this, is that I think men see the big things, like they see the finished building or they see the front line at war. Right, right. But women see the small things. And, if, and the stories. And the, the stories. stories. And if you think the about empathy. It, you yeah. know I'm all about the stories. Yeah. Yeah. But if thing. you think about this... Everything in the world is made from atoms. Those are tiny oh, things. Yeah. And nothing big would exist without the tiny things. Right, and so right, that's right. when I start to think there is definitely a female approach approach or vision right, right. that sees the small things that go to make up the big things and the details. And I think that were a great way to put it. Yeah, it's I just think that's an amazing thing that we do. But I, I always get a little nervous about saying, yes, I definitely can tell when it's a woman's work and when it's a man's work, where I would say a lot of the times you can, but I'm not sure you always can. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it pops yeah, into my head when we talk about it is intentionality. Mm. Like I think the intention, it, it, you know, or the bias, bias and intention, bias. like both together, mm-hmm. like um, and even unconscious bias and unconscious intention. When a man is photographing mm-hmm. a woman, I think that, he has his own conversation, projections, biases, and intentions. And the woman, too, when she is being photographed by a man, like how do we behave when we're in the company of a handsome man as opposed to a group of our <laughs> women friends who much more authentic? <laughs> yeah, um, sure. So, I, you know, maybe, maybe that reflects in work, you know, when, mm-hmm. when the subject is being photographed by a woman and feels much more comfortable, she might, right. you know show a different, and, and you know, in photography, it's so subtle. It could be the way right. the body is relaxed right. or the mm-hmm. way a face is uh, mm-hmm. expressed. Mm-hmm. Or even how t- somebody tells you to turn your head just a little bit like this and then says, oh, that's so beautiful, or work with me, baby, or something. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> I coaching. did <laughs> the coaching. I shot fashion in New York for several years, and 
I had models tell me, you're so different from the men who photograph us. And I said, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that's true, you yeah, know, because yeah. I'm not going to hit on you in any mm-hmm. way. But also I'm try- really trying to look at you in a different way that's yeah. kind of more beautiful and not sexy mm-hmm. uh, as much as just this inner beauty to come through. And yeah. it was a, that was for them a different experience. Yeah. It was interesting because I find the fashion, fashion is yeah, I find very dangerous business. Photography very uh, sexist. And it's very sexist. I can't, you know, I can't get my head uh, to forget that, mm-hmm. you know, because it... it emphasizes the dichotomy between like body and mind, you know, body right. and soul, which mm-hmm. is like the biggest problem we've inherited, the biggest sin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think that the original sin, if there is one, is separating, you know, God from nature or like body from mind within us, you know, and even even having a language that, that calls our body it instead of I mm-hmm. is, you know, is wrong. And, you know, I don't know how to exactly, like, fix it. You know, what you're saying, it's so super interesting because it's really even about how, uh, I mean, yes, the fashion photography is about selling. You know, it's always about selling, but it's also about how we are with our bodies, like how we hold our bodies and see our own selves in the mirror Mm -hmm. is what you're talking about. I never thought of it that way. Uh, the separation mm-hmm. of body from self, mm-hmm. you know, we wear the, our body. The, the model wow. is not there. So That's she is right. absent yes. and her body is separated from herself yes. and is used, you know, to sell things or to present, you know, an, an they, image or what. Right. They become more like objects. Yes, there for sure. There were some models that became muses of very famous photographers mm-hmm. like Richard Avedon had mm-hmm. two or mm-hmm. three models throughout mm-hmm. his career mm-hmm. that were his muses, mm-hmm. and he would use them again and again and again, and their personalities came through because right. it was right. That, but that's clicking. That I mean, I'm be. sure in your life you mm-hmm. must have certain people that you love to photograph. Yes. I know I do. Mm-hmm. I have like three or four people that whenever I put a camera to my eye to look at them, it's just, you know, an energy. So. Mm-hmm. You're always going to get better photos or right, more personal right. photos, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. more the body and the mind yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also feel that, um, hmm. you know, I mean, again, I feel that the male gaze is super dominant, the mm-hmm. same, you know, the same way that the male language is super dominant. You know, mm-hmm. the, the fact is that living in a patriarchy that is as long as written history, mm-hmm. we do not have an alternative, like it's an easy alternative where we could say, you know, because the words we use and the values we have of, you know, good or bad, right or wrong, you know, pretty or ugly, all of that's like deeply ingrained to, to enshrine the patriarchy. And like, if you boil it down to it's like very basics to protect men from women, <laughs> to protect the, you know, what men have got over wow. us, right? Uh-huh. So, um, I mean, I feel like even as a sexual being, so that would be my next question, right? So, like for me, um, when I, you know, when I have sex either alone or with a partner, um, I kind of like disengage from myself as an I. And I like sexualize my body. It's really uncanny, you know. Like I look at my body, and it turns me on. <laughs> uh-huh. So it, it's it's often um, yeah. 
it was funny because I was talking with a girlfriend yesterday. We'd had lunch and she was talking about when you're receiving oral sex. She goes, don't you ever start thinking it's taking too long? Yes. <laughs> and you think I'm taking too long. Yes. Your head is out of it. And then it's then she just says, okay, never mind. Come on up. It's That's, done. I, and then she'll say. I have the which, hardest time with that. Oh, my God. I, it's I, like, I always it's, think, oh, it's I'm taking, taking too long. long and, and then you're out of it. going to lose interest. Right. Yeah, and, and then, then you're, you're worried about it. it so you're and then however close you got, yeah. it's not coming back. Right. And then she says, she say, okay, just come. I just really want you inside of me, which That's, is a way of saying, let's just transition to the yes, next step. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's kind of. And we all do. I mean, we all make that mistake mm-hmm. because we assume that this is not as fun for them as like when they're right. inside. Right. Us. It's work right. for them. Right. And yet. So we, we have to work so hard sometimes for yeah, them. Right. Yeah. But I did have a lover once who loved to be down there. And really, he was so into it that it it worked. Mm -hmm. And because you knew you didn't have to worry. Yeah, I didn't have to worry. It took away that idea of just what to do. And it allows you to get into your body and out of your head. Exactly. That's the thing. It's like getting out of your dumb head. (laughs) But do you get out of your head when you're by yourself? You said sometimes when you're by yourself, you I do. I'm not in my head. No, I'm I'm out of my head completely. But what I'm saying is I'm not in my head at all, of course. Right. When I'm masturbating, like, thank God, I'm not in my head. Um. But so, you know, you focus on like whatever it is that you right, just at you. that moment, yeah, like some you. idea or some image or some little scenario, but it's like very narrow when it comes to like orgasm. Mm-hmm. But I realized that I am, I don't know how to put it, there is a distance between m- the part of me that's fantasizing, mm-hmm. so let's call that the brain, right? Mm-hmm. That's focusing on that image. Creating and image. it's touching myself. So that part of me, the one that's like touching, you know, playing with myself and thinking mm-hmm. and turning me on is one. And let's say that's like the, the consciousness, the I. Right. But then my body, which also should be I, it's not, you know, like I will look, you know, I will like look at my ass or I would look at my vagina or, you know, I will put the sheets a certain way. So like I will be turned on visually, uh-huh. you know, so it's almost like I'm pimping my own body for my own, like, <laughs> you know, pleasure. You see, I don't do that. And then I'm when just, I'm, I'm with guys, the body. <laughs> most of the guys, are, you know, are not that hot. <laughs> <laughs> so I find myself again, like kind of staring either at myself or the genitals or, you know, to, to get the visual, to, you know, to get off visually. Mm-hmm. And that practice, you know, tells me, wait, I'm looking, you know, I'm looking as a guy. Like at that time, you know, the way I'm seeing things and maybe I've learned my sexuality in part from like porn and, you know, but I feel like this is the male gaze, and I'm I'm taking wait, it on. Wait a minute, maybe it's not the male gaze. Maybe it's just the sexual gaze. Because I find that women, I mean, I won't name names, of course. But there was a man <laughs> recently I went out with, and a few times he caught me like really looking at me. Goes, you are checking me out. I was like, yep. So I think that I think it's in all of us uh-huh. to find. Right, look at Peggy shaking her well, head. Well, I mean, uh, you agree a man, uh, how a man's body looks or how he. I mean, I think we react differently sexually. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. to men, and yeah. men's bodies can be very different one from the other, as yeah. well as yeah. their penises. Oh yeah, which I think are very beautiful things. Yeah. But some are better than others in terms of how it fits. Yes, I just mean right. Yeah, no, I don't mean one is better than the other, or, but it's, yeah, it has to fit. One's a better fit. Yeah, a One's better more fit. Comfortable. Yes, yeah. and yeah. when it doesn't, then it's not much. It's not so interesting. Right. It's not much fun, actually. Yeah. If it hurts. Yeah. Because you're just not. I know. That's the other. Physically. It's changing the, the topic. Right. Yeah. But like the whole myth of like the well-endowed, you know, mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. And that's I, mostly, you know, when it yeah. hurts, when they're really that's big. That's when it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> that's when men think they have to have a full head of hair, too. Yeah. And they don't get that being yeah. bald is sexy. So I don't think yeah. it's. Right. It's funny. I guess it's like us with our bodies. They're, we think we need to be insecure. a certain way yeah. to be hot, and it's not. I think really they're true. But it's like but hard I love to, to tell them. them. Oh no! But I always tell them, "Oh, you're so beautiful." Yeah. Really. Oh no, that's I nice. I say the same yeah. thing. No, this, oh, you're, you're so beautiful. beautiful. It's great. Think, yeah, yeah, I say that too. But like, it's hard to tell them. You know, you're too big, yes. or like, yeah. So you you're try. Yeah. Like I try to, you know, put my hand there so it doesn't go all the way in, or avoid. You know, avoid like missionary or, you know, take mm-hmm. positions that force them to like curve. So some of it is outside mm-hmm. or, you know, but like. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a <laughs> spring a, a discussion oh, really? uh, in a public format before. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm used to I mean, it. Yeah, I'm used to it. Yeah, uh, I think I talk with my girlfriends like this oh, all the time. You've talked oh, with I, my girlfriends like this. We've been more frank. Maybe not quite yes. as frank. Yes. Uh, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. So here's, I think, um, just a little teeny segue to make Maggie a little more comfortable. No, I'm not uncomfortable. No, no, Actually, I know you're not I uncomfortable. It's, kind of, uh, it's invigorating. It's invigorating. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's freeing. And it makes me feel grown up. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And also, <laughs> you, know, you know, like being able to like put a, this things- Like a full-grown woman. I can talk about woman. this yeah. in public. Like, yeah. well, that's the whole point to brag on my friend here Aww. who has this podcast yeah. is the idea of like just making sex part of our vernacular. Like mm-hmm. to talk exactly. like- yeah. it, Yes. Because you know what? I was just talking with our other mutual friend, Tamara, yes. Yes. about how- we're still shy to tell men what we want from the beginning. Yes. We are. It's very, sh- it's why are we still repressed that way? Why can't I say, Mm-mm-mm, I want this, do that, little yeah. this, what do yeah. you want? You yeah. Know. Well, I'll tell you why. And, and more from the beginning. And this is like one of the, you know, reasons for this podcast. <laughs> right. So, right. you know, one, I think, I mean, I have like three main causes here, you know, or missions one is to actually, you know, cultivate this language of sex where we can speak sex without shame or self-consciousness because it's just words. We're just speaking about it. But, you know, uh, being able to say these things and then have the audience hear them makes them more familiar, more normal, more casual, you know, and separates them from all that judgment and shame. The second one is exactly this, you know, that we should all get to a state of, like, evolution that we don't confuse our sexual identity and our sexual practice with our general identity and who we are, right? So if you tell a guy, I don't like this, I want this, it should not be a judgment on his, like, manhood, (laughs) you know, or how, like, uh, successful he is or how desired he is. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, the particulars to get this to work better. Right. But instead, like, men will, you know, 
go flaccid, you know, they'll get, uh, they really like often get discombobulated because, <laughs> it, you know. They're th not th in charge. Right. They're connected with like this overall, whatever, machismo or manhood concept. do you think concept. they'd feel so relieved? Like, oh, thank God. Right. I would think so, but they don't. They, well, they, I have they to usually, practice more being vocal. I'm not very good about that. Well, I found that um, I, I recently, in the last couple of years, reconnected with a man I almost married about 35 years ago. Wow. And no, That's I, lovely, I'm just going to say. It is a beautiful say. story. Yeah. It is. A, it is. I'm not, and I don't expect anything. I don't want anything. It's just nice. And it's, but I find with him, I can guide him and tell him to do things. And I've never been able to do it with anybody else. <gasps> That's wonderful. And I think it's though it's because I'm older now. I don't know that I did it earlier on when I first lived with him many, many years ago. But now I feel like I'm older and I can kind of, I think it's sexy. It makes me feel sexy to mm -hmm. say, mm -hmm. yeah. here, give me your hand. And, yeah. And yeah. guide it a little bit. And yeah. it really makes me feel like, oh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is he lucky? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Can I just oh, say yeah. how great that is that you just said <laughs> oh, that? Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it is a and matter of maturity. Of course. He really That's why I'm saying it. a man yeah. should feel relieved that yeah. a woman says, yeah. okay, let me help Do you this. out a little. Yeah. 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 Like oh, yeah. Yeah. And, but it's also a matter of trust. You know, you it have is. a history. It is. It is. Yes. And that's like part yes, of the 100%. challenge. How do you do that on like a first or second date? It never happens. Right. First, first, first time sex for me is, oh, if, it's, if it ends up being okay, I feel like that's it's a, a success. win. That's a success, yeah. Because it means it can only yeah. get better, yeah. you know? Yeah, first time sex if is it's psyche. Well, we've talked about this. Yeah. And if it's really bad, you just, we're done. Yeah. It just can't. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. embarrassing. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But again, it's because people will not talk about it. Like, well, yeah, men in particular, if men, they have men. issues at our mm -hmm. age, and you and I have discussed this, mm -hmm. it, they're not they honest about it. Mm -hmm. You they're, know, it's just, and, and I told you, I had a lovely conversation for the very first time with a straight man who uses a pill for erections. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I was like, please tell me everything. Because so I know nothing. I don't know how it works. I don't know when you take it, why so you take it. So what did he it. say? Um, well, he told me that there are two kinds of pills. There's mm -hmm. Viagra mm -hmm. and the other one, mm -hmm. Cialis. Cialis. And yes. one makes you hard right away. And the other one you can take and it lasts for a few days. So when you get turned on, then your blood flow increases. And so he likes that one better. Um, That's the Cialis. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, wow. And he's like, I've been using it since my 40s, and I'm not ashamed at all. And I was like, God bless you. God and he bless would go them. visit his girlfriend. <laughs> and as the wheels touched down in the city that she was living in, he would take the pill and be good for the weekend. And I was like, so I don't understand why. At first, I thought, oh, you know. Why do you, you know, it's a shame you need it. And then I thought, no, no, no. I think it's great it's that, wonderful. that you, that he can own it and say, yeah. I do this. And yeah. damn, I love it. Because yeah. it has not made him shy about sex. Or I think mm -hmm. some men, as they get older, if there are issues, they're reticent. Mm -hmm. You know, this was oh, my last Or they last blame experience. it on the partner. Or they say, like, she's wrong for me. I'll right. try again. Or she's a feminist. Or she's a, So yeah. I'm intimidated yeah, because I'm she's a, a feminist. Oh, my God. That's the story of I our lives. I was told that recently. Yeah. Oh yes. God. I was like, feminists like to have sex too. 
we might oh, be a God, little more good. sexual I than the non-sensitive t-shirt. Yes, yes. absolutely. Uh, yes. like sex too. Oh yeah, baby. Oh, I think okay. we have to make that's these. The, that's up. the title okay. of the episode. And then in small writing down here, yes, that's the title of the episode. We're going to put a little hashtag and um, uh-huh. speak sex speak podcast. Sex. That's right. Oh, that would be that's great. That's right. Yeah, we're selling them, folks, on Instagram. Pay yes. attention, it's yes. coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh my God, that piece in the, the New Times that I sent you that was written about me and Bunny Yeager. Oh, and yes. I gave that girl this quote, which I don't remember saying, because we say things, right? And he made yes, it in the we paper. Do. What, what was the quote? I <laughs> don't the remember. The quote was, the clitoris, uh, no, the tongue has reached the clitoris and it's not going back. And then <laughs> I compared, and then I compared, like, you know, uh, getting oral sex to be recognized as like, you know, a regular part of our sex experience oh, mm-hmm. to the First same as class. Like, the same as guys planting the flag on the moon. I said, this is our version. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I love it. Oh, that is wonderful. So getting the tongue <laughs> to meet the clitoris is like, yes, oh, I love this. It's been there and it's wow. not going back. We're not no. giving up on that. <laughs> but I think, I think also, unless they're really interested, men don't always have a good look down there but i maybe they do because there are all these magazines where you can really examine the vagina and the clitoris right i found this magazine once that was nothing but picture after picture after picture i've seen that of it's vaginas, so amazing and, I had and they're no so idea. different they were so different yeah, yeah. i agree and but generally speaking they're constructed basically the same so i think sometimes they don't really get to have a good look at it or something and so they don't yeah, and they don't understand that one thing does one right. thing and another right. thing yeah. does another right. thing. Yeah, and well, so then, many women don't because yeah. we don't. So oh, many yeah, women true. don't know about their own anatomies, mm-hmm. what yeah. it looks mm-hmm. like, yeah. what yeah, yeah, where yeah. Where, yeah. where your urine yeah. comes out. Yeah, right. It's another hole. <laughs> no, it's yeah. true, but yeah. that's true. true. Well, that's why we all need to masturbate first of all, because like once we figure out, you know, what works, you have to know what can, makes you happy. Yeah, mm-hmm. then you can tell yes. your partner. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I like and this. yeah, the, the like first that. the first few times are just like learning expeditions, you know. Unfortunately, <laughs> like for the too. for the guys, <laughs> of course, they, you know the guys think yeah. that's when you know they're going to impress us mm-hmm. and you know like wow us with the fact that they just have a hard on, <laughs> you know. But the fact is, you're learning. <laughs> oh, that makes each me other. so sad. I know it is. <laughs> oh. But I wish that men would also take more time. Like right, yeah. I think, I think they. They just want to get right to it. And if they knew just to take their time a bit more, that I think we enjoy it more. I think, like, I love to be kissed, but I've, I've been with men who just didn't kiss. And I always oh, say, yeah, then th- bye but bye. this is the how to unlock the first door to the secret room, which is down here, uh-huh. uh, is kiss. <laughs> oh, yeah. And sometimes I'm I fond of that. saying, sometimes all I need is a good kiss. Uh-huh. And sometimes true. that's all you need. Right. That's true. Because it reinvigorates or it re, um, restores your faith in yourself that, I mean, a really good kiss that's kind of lingers uh-huh. and, yeah. you know, not a French kiss. Where you you know doing that lizard thing, (laughs) you know where the guy combination of just in and out like it's just horrible. Yeah, but you know 
Oh, there was this woman. Essential keys. Essential. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it also gets you out of like your headspace of like, yes. you know, being who yes. you are in the world yes. with your friends. You're feeling and it all sex right space. Here. Yes, it's You know, true. it like tells your body we're entering a different moment. I always say the kiss is everything. If the a kiss man is, is a good kisser, I yes. know we're going to have sex. Right. Yes. If a man is true. not a good kisser mm-hmm. and it doesn't, and you're just like, and I almost even think, and we may have talked about this, I think there's a biological chemical there exchange where some men mm. just taste good. True, yes. true. And others, mm. you're like, oh, right. it's a bad yeah. taste or a bad mouth, or yeah. is there, you know, you notice that there's something right. unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't right, know, and that's like the yeah, pheromones. You're right. I yeah, love the, the way you say yeah. it's to unlocking yeah. the, the the first, first door, door. Yeah. to the secret, yeah, yeah, <gasps> room, oh, the secret right. chamber, yeah, the secret chamber. <laughs> that's so perfect. Yeah, wow. um, there was this wonderful article written, written many, 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 many years ago. You can still find it. You can Google it, and it's called "How to Kiss a Woman," and it was in Esquire magazine. Mm-hmm. And even recently, I googled it and found it again. But this woman wrote the, I mean, every man should have to read this article. <laughs> okay. I think we're all going to be Googling it and yes. putting it on our Facebook pages. <laughs> How to Kiss a Woman. And Sending it, it to was in Esquire magazine, probably in the 70s or 80s. And she just, it's the how-to yeah. article. And it's funny. And uh, it talks about things you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just such a great primer. And uh, I really, uh, really encourage all men, if there are any listening, <laughs> yeah. or all women to find it and send it yeah. to men who yeah. you would like to have kiss yeah. you in that way. Yeah. But we are, we yeah. should post it on Facebook yeah. like once a week. <laughs> <laughs> it would actually be fun to like do a little photo series. Oh, like oh yes, that'd be a great, great idea. Giving men the article be great. to read and photograph them as they're reading it. Oh, yes. You know, just like, oh, oh. Or maybe oh, you could do a series mm. of good kissings. Good kissing. Yeah. yeah. Good kissers. Mm. Yeah. Good kissing. Yeah. Yes. I See photographed a, a family portrait today, and the little boy is seven, and his sister was five, and they just started kissing each other. And it was the cutest thing, like on the lips, mm-hmm. but it was sweet. Like they yeah, were like yeah, mimicking yeah. a passionate thing, mm-hmm. but mm. it was like, oh my God, so beautiful. They were so cute. Mm. Yeah, kissing is everything. Yeah. I agree, Maggie. Kissing is yeah. everything. It's really well, it's interesting, you know, like in some cultures, well, in most cultures in the world, you know, America is Puritan, but like in most cultures, you know, people who are, you know, kissing is just kissing, like, you know, brother and sister kiss, you know, girlfriend and girlfriend, they go to school, they kiss, you know, boys hold hands. It, it's not such a, you know, a rush Harsh. to sexualize everything mm-hmm. the way we it's have it innocent. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. it's more innocent. Yeah. yeah, which I think it's nice because it allows you, uh, you know, your body can feel like touched and loved without it, you know, immediately being like a sexual choice, you know, do you want to be sexual or not? Um, and, and, but the other thing that I think has affected, uh, you know, American like uh, relations between men and women is the dating apps. Cause I feel that a lot of the men are like quick to kind of give up because oh. they feel, okay, you know, they, they can find someone else. They can try someone else. So instead of like taking, I think it takes seven sexual tries like i think people should have sex seven times really? before they can judge how they are with each other 
you know, thoroughly, like what truly. If, what about, okay, so this is And most case. men do it like twice, if I'm not mistaken. That's like and my they're own. Done. Seven different yeah, and then they guess, they guess that, they think attempts. that they know. Sexual like, encounters. Yeah, have sex, yeah. Seven se- different times. Seven, seven different like times. But not the same night. No. <laughs> but you have, Even but though, you, if you have seven in one night, I think that's a very good sign. <laughs> then you, you don't have to try. Yeah, you may have to skip then you've the won. testing. You can't walk after. It's winning. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a keeper. <laughs> yeah. So that's interesting. So, but, yeah. so even if it's like, well, if it's terrible the first night, you think give it six more tries? Yeah. I feel that most wow. people have I've been sex. Doing, I've been falling down on that job. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel that most people have sex with the new, you, you know, you, the way they did with their ex, whoever they were with last. Oh. They kind of like repeat what yes. they did last time. Yes. So you, it's not going to work on you. Oh, that's such Nine an times out of ten. So you have to kind of unlearn, you have to train them to not do those things that they're used to and right. do what you need. That's right. And, you know, because they're like sensitive creatures, yeah. men with that's their egos. They yeah. You, yeah. They are. You need time. It's surprising how sensitive they are because oh, yeah. we think, or they like to put on this kind of tough thing. But I know so many men right now who actually are very nice to women, very supportive to women, and they're absolutely they're like deeply hurt uh, about the Me Too movement because Why? they say, they say but, but I've always supported women. I've always been nice to women. And, and yet I'm thrown into the same box with all I don't, the I don't understand that. If they have not done anything, what, 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 what box are they thrown into? They think mm-hmm. that we then throw all men into the same well, that's, that's not thing. True. But mm-hmm. some, and so, but those are usually men who are, Particularly overly sensitive, I think. Right. And there are various reasons for that, right? So, but anyway, I've just had men, men photographers, mm-hmm. kind of tell me sometimes that I just feel mm. like I've always been supportive of women. I, I'm, I treat them like ladies, but I also, you know, uh, um, regard them as uh, colleagues and mm-hmm. equals. And yet I feel that I'm being criticized just like some guy who, you know, touched a woman in a harasser or abuser or a serial. I said, well, I think you're just overly sensitive, but I can understand, you know, but Mm -hmm. now you maybe understand how we sometimes feel Mm -hmm. that um, we're all thrown into the same Mm -hmm. arena Mm -hmm. and that we're not looked at Mm -hmm. as individuals, maybe. Well, for me, like me too earned us, you know, this huge achievement, which is the first time in thousands of years of history as we know it, where we get to say yes or no. We have verbal consent. Mm -hmm. And like the tongue on the clit, we're not letting go of that. So Mm -hmm. we don't care how they squirm (laughs) and what their issue is. (laughs) We got If you're not going down, we're not going out. Yeah, you're going down (laughs) and we have to say yes. Oh, Oh, that is... That's funny. Um, I'm gonna hear, but but um, okay, we need. To but I also feel, you know, that that they they are making a big deal out of it. You know, like they they are being defensive, very defensive. Way Some too, of them, yeah, way too easily. I mean, mm-hmm. the people who went down mm-hmm. had to go down not only for what they themselves did, but because they were famous and they were pillars of society, yes. and so they have to be the ones were seen as an example for everyone else, yes, right? Yes. So if, you know, if your plumber like grabs your ass and you do something about it, it will stay between like two or three of you. 
But, you know, if you have people who work on TV, who are really famous, who are very powerful, mm-hmm. who are taken down, then it, it makes an impact on the rest of society, mm-hmm. on, you know, patriarchy, that some things are no longer legit. And those things were never discussed, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I mean, even in our generation, in our youth, no one, you know, no one even mentioned it if like the boss would grab your ass mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know someone would ask someone for a blowjob so long as they didn't like force it mm-hmm. right and didn't do, do anything beyond like make the comments in the office mm-hmm. or like say do you want to go right and then you you you, you were not forced uh, but you were indirectly in some sense forced because many women who were younger and not so clear about you know, uh, right and wrong. A I don't choice. know if you want to call choice. it right and wrong, but, um, you know, boundaries, because they were not discussed. Those boundaries were not discussed. And with the advent of the sexual revolution, we kind of felt, okay, our power was in like having sex, right? You know, we were no longer repressed. We no longer had to wait for marriage. This was our power, our newfound power to just give it away, which is, we had to go through that stage. But then it became hard for women to know when agency came in, because mm-hmm. it was like, okay, you know, without really regard for what they wanted or where they were in the process. So both in college, you know, with all these young students who would sleep with professors, not because they wanted them to, mm-hmm. it was power stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the same in the workplace, you know, uh, where it, 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 women weren't thinking about it. They weren't even thinking about it. You know, they felt it was just like part of the course and they would go along with what was needed to secure some position or other. Right. And so it had to be discussed. It had to become a huge issue for women to finally understand that they don't have to do that. Right. You know, that they can separate actual sex and sexual pleasure from, from like, sex as, as something you do for transaction, you know, for advancement or mm-hmm. to make your life easier, you know, which is part of what sex had been always before the sexual revolution. Mm-hmm. It was like the husband wanted it and you just lay there and let him do it because it was easier. Mm-hmm. You endured it, right? Yes. So we're past that. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> no more enduring sex. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Well, it's interesting back to what Maggie's saying and what you're talking about. I think for men who are overly sensitive, they really shouldn't be because I think it's a matter of just look at it and take mm-hmm. what you need to take. Maybe you don't need to take anything. Maybe you are this perfectly enlightened man. Mm-hmm. None of us is perfect. I mean, I, I, think of, I think of the Me Too movement similar to racism and how as, mm. as a white woman, I try very hard to educate myself and I make blunders all the time. And when it gets pointed out to me, I go, okay, I will never know everything. Like a man will never know everything about this whole Me Too sensitivity. So if a man is sensitive, I think it's like, don't be, just listen, pay attention, learn, take the pieces that work for you, and then, you know, leave the rest. Mm -hmm. Don't don't be... Don't be Mm -hmm. so sensitive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a learning opportunity. They're so super sensitive, not just about that, but I find about other things as well. Yeah, but that's kind of locked in ego because it's like, oh, but I'm the good guy. It's like, no, not exactly. I'm the good white person. No, I'm, I mean, my intentions are pure, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean I don't make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Same with men, you know, Mm -hmm. you can think that, but I think it's a lot of ego. I think you're right. That's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. it's ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing with the Me Too movement, like we, we want to emphasize that it's not about individual men. It's not like a gender mm-hmm. war at all. Mm-hmm. It's about a re-education of all of us. That yes, we, 100% as women, men and women. women. Yeah, yes, including yeah. women. Yeah, very much so. And it's a huge idea. Right, really. it's a huge idea. And this whole thing, my daughter calls it rape culture. Mm-hmm. It's real. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that, you know, we're accusing all men of being rapists. Mm-hmm. But it's just the realization, you know, putting in words the fact that human history has been based to a great extent on rape. You mm-hmm. know, like whether it's war, you rape the, the women of mm-hmm. whoever you're conquering, mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, ethnic cleansing, or, you know, even like issues of migration, they all happen at the expense of like the woman who is being used. Yes. Um, so you, you probably know that, you know, yes. speaking of the trade slave, the African trade slave, mm-hmm. I mean, not only were the men you know, treated as objects, um, machines. I don't know what, I don't know what to call it really because it's unfathomable. But the women were doubly uh, abused because they were also open to being raped. Yes. And they were quite often by the slave masters or even mm-hmm. the, if it wasn't the master of the land, even by the... The merchants. Who, the, the people, yeah, yes. in the boats yes. that brought the them boats. here. Yes, yeah, the people everywhere. holding them just, just with chains. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in in the whole pronoun thing, where people are, I, I have yes. friends that are pissed off about it, and I look at them and I'm like, why? It's just a new way of thinking. Yes. Yeah, there are many people who are pissed off about it. I must say, I would like them to come up mm. with something original. I mean, it has to come from them, <laughs> but like even them, you know, like they. Yes, it's plural and inclusive and gives them like space. I understand that. But how beautiful would it be if they just came up with some new... Well, there's Z. You know, Z, which is great. I Mm -hmm. like better. It's Mm -hmm. easier to share. You know, Mm -hmm. we all know what we're talking about. Not he or Um, she, but Z. Exactly. Or Shim. I mean, there are are different variations. Hmm. Which one is Shim? Uh, I think... I'm not sure. Male okay. to female to male. Mm. I don't know. Mm. I'm not sure. But I yeah. just saw recently published somewhere all the different pronoun mm. breakdowns. That's great. And, yeah. But I like Z. I think I like Z, Z is too. quite beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Z is nice. Yeah. Right. Instead and of he or Z? she, Z, oh, Z. It's a non It's a non binary. Oh, I like that very yeah. much. Yeah. And it's easier to remember. Yeah, right? exactly. It's right? easier to also like yeah. make sense as you speak because you can say they about something in the plural and then they about the person who is identifying as they, and it becomes complicated. And we want to be accessible. I mean, I feel, you know, for this to work, this change to work, it has to be accessible. It has to get to as many people as possible. So we're in first generation. Our job to make it simple, (laughs) right? Otherwise, and then, you know, beyond the West, we have to also try to like send the message out to all the other more repressed, you know, much more patriarchal societies Mm -hmm. out there that are still two generations ago in terms of like, you know, women's repression and sexism and all that, or three. I think it's like the iPhone though. We're in 1.0. I think this is going to continue to evolve. You know, maybe in five years we'll be at 3.0 and they'll have figured out easier But I agree with you. I think that like, you know, all the people who are changing their gender, whether it's surgically or just, you know, aesthetically, Mm -hmm. are at the forefront of this, you know, because they, we are working with this idea of, you know, gender 
is something that in a, it's both a hoax, you know, like girls wear pink and boys wear blue, that kind of like men are right. from Mars, women right. are from Venus, that right. bullshit mm-hmm. is a, in, in a hoax, you know, the artificial cliches. Right. Um, it's taught, it's right. learned. It's taught, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then kind of like seeing them gives you, gives us, you know, direct understanding of of the you know of the rainbow of the span of who we can be right so they liberate many more people who may not like have it in them to to change drastically but who see mm-hmm. this and change within i hope you know i think uh, photography has been particularly helpful right in yes. this yes. because i Absolutely. look at the work yes. of so yes. many young people younger people who are either transing transcending yes. um or who uh, have come out, mm-hmm. or um, and I think uh, I feel like a lot of the work is very authentic because it's people who are either transi- transitioning, transitioning. Yeah. Thank you for that, and um, or who have just lately come out, uh, or have partners that are transitioning. Yes, right. know, and they photograph that, mm-hmm. and there's something so authentic yes. about it yes. that it's not again. Uh, somebody who's not of that ilk right. Uh, right. photographing it, which is, right. I mean, as a white woman working in quite often black countries, mm-hmm. uh, I always feel a bit, um, I worry a little bit about it uh, because I'm not of that country or that culture and I'm not black. But I also think the heart wants what the heart wants. And for me, this is the most interesting mm-hmm. culture and history. Mm-hmm. And I think black people are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we have taken mm-hmm. so much from mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Culturally, mm-hmm. language-wise, mm-hmm. dancing, movement, clothes, mm-hmm. uh, traditions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that it's extraordinary. And so yeah. we just can't help who we fall in love with. Or, yeah. you know, yeah. what we fall in love yeah. with. And yeah. so, and I also like to think of it as a way for me to learn mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to be able to stand in the shoes of a black person. No. But they, I can be open to learning mm-hmm. from them. Mm-hmm. And, but I also mentor a lot of black photographers. Mm. And I'm so overjoyed to, you know, in mm-hmm. that because mm-hmm. I learn a lot from them and I'm inspired by them. And they should be telling their own stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we have to yeah. encourage that, or just yeah. like trans uh, transitioning people right. should be able to tell their right. own story. Right. right, exactly, because yeah. only they can really right. know that yeah. how that yeah. feels. Right, know? and it goes back to like um, you know the beginning of the conversation about male gaze and female gaze. You know, like can a woman does she have a different gaze than a man when it comes mm-hmm. to photography, or mm-hmm. at least photographing women? And I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe because then it's again the intentionality that I mentioned earlier. So it's a very, it's a very, 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 yeah, it's a very thin line because you have to show something that is somewhat understood by the viewer, Mm -hmm. and that's the male gaze. You know, Mm -hmm. so you have to give them some of that, and then add your own, you know, voice or vision you know, or or make it turn in cheek or turn it around. But it has to be within a framework that, you know, passes like the, the lowest common denominator test. You know, the same as us speaking now. We have to speak in plain words mm-hmm. to be understood, even if then through that we're trying to say things that are not usually said. 
<laughs> so, <yeah>. we are. <laughs> we are doing that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I have to say it's, uh, it's, um, because I don't have conversations like this all the time that are this frank about sex. Um, and I, it's fun. It's very liberating. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not sure I could have had this kind of conversation when I was younger because I, I felt mm. sex was very private and that I would never talk about what a man was like, you know, that wouldn't be proper. Yeah. But proper. I, yeah. Yeah. But I also think it's because my mother, um, I think my mother was a very sexy woman, but I was raised by her and an only child raised by an only parent. And she was so strict and sex seemed a bit taboo and we didn't talk about it. And I couldn't, I felt like I could never talk to her about it. Mm -hmm. And so that I think made me feel like I couldn't talk about it or I shouldn't talk about Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. with even other women Mm -hmm. friends. And I just never did. Until mm-hmm. kind of recently, or like right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I mean, I know. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, it's yeah. interesting. But I, I don't know, yeah. sometimes I almost think my mother made me feel, and I don't think she ever meant this, but it almost like, oh, it's dirty. It's something dirty or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure why. Mm-hmm. That That's so generational, like that. right? It's, it yeah. is. And she had a, one sister who was wild and married five times. And well, so, you know, growing well, up in a little town, there's all of this gossip, gossip and that sort of thing. So she was very adamant that as a, she had been married, but. Uh, don't be like your auntie. Yes. Don't be like your auntie. Yeah. 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 Shame the family yes. or bring, bring yeah. a bad name yes. to the So I was a very women. good kid <laughs> and teenager. <laughs> and then I, yeah. and then I uh, kind of moved away and yeah, made up for lost time, I guess I yeah. could say. Well, I feel that America, because of the whole melting pot thing, you know, has given us the option to kind of move past that and the old world because it's very neighborhood and, you know, gossip and judgmental because it's, it's static. It's taken longer mm-hmm. and minority communities even longer mm-hmm. because, you know, they have been trained just like, uh, you know, keep your head down, stay quiet and survive, mm-hmm. you know, why would you like open your mouth and talk about these things or ask for anything so long as like you're alive and you have a roof over your head, right? Mm-hmm. So their standards were right. at that level, you know, the old world level. Um, so it's harder for them. I mean, the, you know, the really young generation, the Z, um, uh, you know, are, are coming out, but I feel it's harder for, you know, minority communities to, to move out of machismo you know, and find a place for female sexuality. Like there is the the maternal power structure, right? But only when you've become like a mother or a mother-in-law or some other, you know, it's like, it's not the sexual, it's not the sexual position, right? right? Yeah. It's more like a management management hurting job. And managing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've yeah, <laughs> you get like a promotion. <laughs> yeah, the younger women take your job, and you have a promotion in like right. upper management advisor in, <laughs> in domestic life. Um, but you know, I, I I feel that I compare what women lived like 
to a little bit to, I don't want to say slavery the way we know it from the African slave trade, which was much worse, but a source of slavery um, because they never had a say. You know, it was like, I mean, even my mom, that's like one generation past. My mom, you know, her father chose her husband. She married when she was 18. In Greece. In Greece, on the island, on, little, on the Greek island. Mm -hmm. She never had a bank account in her name. She never had a job, of course. You know, she like didn't drive. My dad made all the decisions to this day. You know, they're still together. She's, she's only known him. Um, so, like, even to go like shop, she had to ask him for money. Hmm. I mean, it's like kind of like, it's a very dependent and, and you know, had I stayed in that world? I mean, I don't know, but the way it looked through my grandma and my great grandma, it looked like I was gonna pass it on to some guy that my parents approved of, right? And then I would take, I would like give up my dad's last name who owned me and take like the stranger's last name who would then Wait kind of you? like own me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, legally speaking, that was the setup. It's insane. Like well, it for us, is, it's very strange. It? On, your, on your mom and dad's island where they live? Yeah, I mean, it's still it still is. It still common. is. There is a yeah. dowry, you know, like the stitching that I do, you know, originally mm -hmm. it's the dowry that you pass on to your daughter and, and she takes that to like the new home with a stranger who like fucks her i mean it's just so strange the whole from for, you know from my point of view now and who i've become by That's living that broke world free, baby i broke free yeah very young at 15 and haven't like looked back but but yeah breaking free like gives you that space to look back and say you know women were like chattel you know i, I bet we would be surprised to learn how um how prevalent that still is in around the world. Around right. the world, it's yeah. It's much more prevalent than we surprised. can even Yeah, imagine. for sure. Yeah. I, I, I don't, it depends on how much you pay attention to these things, I guess. Right. But I'll, I have to give my credit, my mother credit for this quickly while yes. I brought her yes. up. At the same time, she was very strict and especially kind of, we just didn't discuss sex. Um, she taught me how to work in a man's world. That's nice, yeah. And I have to credit her for a lot of my having uh, been able to, to do that and to achieve things. Mm -hmm. uh, and because she was a scientist, a male-heavy... Uh, career. Career, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, she just, she stayed in it and she did all kinds of things. So anyway... Um, yeah, she was brilliant. Yeah, well, that's so, the first. That was our first. I mean, that was the second wave, you know, of feminism. Really, yes, where yes. we were, we, we finally figured out how to do the jobs, the same jobs that men did. Yes, and and that was acceptable. Yes, and I think that you know that without that, we wouldn't be here now. I mean, now we can like get into the one-on-one, -on -one, more intimate questions right mm -hmm. but to even like dare to talk about pleasure implies exactly. that you're not dependent on a man financially you know the only way for like sexuality to be free the way we're envisioning it is to not be yeah. transactional you know if you have to sleep with someone because like you need them to support you then all of this is moot so yeah like Financial independence, but you know, wouldn't that be the ultimate goal? Is a requirement. It's a first requirement. I feel. Yes. Yeah, I think it is. But wouldn't it be a great goal to like 
B, even if you chose that kind of transactional, I'm married to you and you support me, but still have like a, you know, great sex, open dialogue. And I mean, I think that does exist with couples. Yeah, it does I have exist. That have but it. Not many, no. but I have a few that mm-hmm. have been married for, you know, 28, many 30 years, years yeah. and they still have sex with their husbands. Mm-hmm. And I just, They're enlightened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just well, I feel if the wife is educated and at yeah. least had a career that she then gave up for the children or something like that, then it's more likely, yeah. you know. Uh, but if that's your contribution to the couple, basically, that you're the trophy or you're right. the womb, then it's very hard. No matter what your intentions are in practice, you just know. Hmm. You know, you know where the power lies. That's the whole thing of me, too. You know, we self-censor because we know our our place in the power structure. So, you know, we have to be in a position of it's relative independence, yeah. you know, to be able to, to know our truth. Well, and I would say that for you and I, both having been married, I think I feel more powerful in my life since I've been divorced. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not having to be accountable. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I, I mean, seriously, I mm-hmm. think, and, I, and I've always said photography saved my life because it kind of happened at the same time. I mm-hmm. got into photography right before I separated and got divorced. And so, um, yeah, but I think that I am a completely different person. Mm. So I think you're right. Not being tethered in a way. I think you're right. I'm, I'm just going to 100% agree. I think when you're tethered mm-hmm. transactionally, mm-hmm. it's just going to be an automatic um, mm-hmm. censorship. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, I'm, and it, it's not like in relationships where there's a give and a take. You know, that's mm-hmm. a compromise mm-hmm. is normal. Mm-hmm. A censorship is different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Self-censorship so, is so different. So the, the challenge for us as single women mm-hmm. and as women of a certain age mm-hmm. and women feeling stronger than ever. Like Maggie, mm-hmm. you said, you, you talk about and say things now. We talked about on the way over here that she would say things now to people that she probably wouldn't before. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way. So, you know, how do we then find a way, and you and I talk about this all the time, Eve, how do we find a relationship that allows us to continue to be kind of as, as um, having a, ra- a rise to the le- level that we are personally, to find a man then to kind of continue that. Do, do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. To kind of have a sexual or emotional relationship with someone where you can still hold the place we found ourselves in mm-hmm. without kind of slipping back into that mm-hmm. transactional yeah. thing. It's very difficult. Po- I think that's possible mm. to do. I think it takes. I think it takes figuring somebody out. You, I, I don't think that. I mean, anytime you develop a relationship with somebody, it's even if you start living together, for example, it's still feeling them out and them feeling you out, because it's one thing to date, for example, and then it's another thing to live with somebody, and then whatever the goal beyond that is, you know, is yet another thing. But I. I think we have to give ourselves time to get to know each other before we take a big step. And uh, But I think especially when you're younger and you fall in love, you know, it's just so beautiful and wonderful and you're walking on a cloud and then uh, 
reality sets in and you didn't bother to find these things out. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I don't know. I've never been married. I never really was very interested in it. Uh, I didn't, I love children, but I didn't care to have my own. I think women who have children are the bravest people in the world. Yes, I agree. The bravest one. <laughs> Double down on that. Yeah. I, God bless them. God bless every woman who ever had a child. That's right. Or whoever, whatever you bless, whomever. Yes. Uh, who, yes. You know, Allah or I yes. don't, uh, Yahweh. Yes. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that I, I so admire them. Anybody who had a child, I just think these are the bravest people on earth. Yeah. Yeah, it's the very so much work. Ones. Yeah, yes. so much more work than uh, work. Oh yes, like, you know you much have, more. Yeah, the responsibility yeah. is huge. You're yeah, raising a human being. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. much and more work than work. That, so yes. much, yeah, and yes. you never and there is no break. It's like twenty four seven, especially if you're single. You know, as a single mom, mm-hmm. it's just always. Um, but, but even yeah. in living with somebody, which I've done twice. Um, Yeah, I just I just feel like it's kind of done over time the where you you learn whether you're going to be able to remain independent or not. And with one person that I lived with for a long long time, 28 years, I was very independent and he was very supportive. And then in the one that I almost married but didn't because I saw what my life was going to be like with that one. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, and I smart, thought, but smart he's the girl. one I've recently reconnected to. Oh wow! But he, <laughs> but he went. He got married and he had children and he became very wealthy and he built a million dollar house for his wife. And um, anyway, in the end, it didn't work out very well, and so he lost everything hmm. because I think he was. A throwback in a way, and but he's different now because he went through all of that, and he just realizes he's not able to call the shots mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I thought I, mean, I, I really dodged. A, yeah, I dodged a bullet. Yeah, you dodged the bullet. <laughs> well, you yeah. were wise. I was wise. Yeah. You were using yeah. your um, all the education you got from your mom. I was. Yeah, that's know. the difference. Yeah, and I that think she had a single mom. I really very loved this guy. I mean, yeah. I just thought, oh my heavens! Yeah. But uh, I gave it time, and I saw that this was not going to work. Mm-hmm. You know. But don't you think some people mate for life, and then some people have generations of relationships? Like I think. You may be the kind of person that will always just have. I think I really am that person. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Maybe being with one person your whole life is just really not. I don't know how people do it. Actually, I don't know how people do it either. Because you do change over time. So yeah, I think you become too. who yeah. you really are, but at the at various times. Because well, you have to like change. You know, have variety and experiment and change sexually, and maybe even open up the relationship a little bit. Yeah. You know. And, but my my feeling, and then again, so it's smart. it's me. But my feeling is that the institution of marriage is so corrupt and weighed down with like bullshit mm-hmm. that it's better to stay away from it. 
<laughs> I like, think so I, too. When, Although, when the gay people wanted gay marriage, I was like, you know, God bless them. Sure? They should have it. I know, but at least, like, they have no idea how lucky they are <laughs> that they well, don't get to marry. Sadly, it's the no? legal system and the yeah. financial system that yeah. supports that kind of legal bond, you know. Right. But, but yeah. you're right. I mean, oh, but you can sign patriarchal thing, actually. Yes, you can yeah. sign. Now you but can. But now you can sign now all kinds of agreements and irrevocable, you know, trusts and whatever yeah. and you have paternity tests paternity. which is huge yeah. so like you know your dna tells you that this is like your kid and your heirs and one of my you know that. solutions is to take the andrew young idea but like make it specific for mothers and say and that way also we don't need to have husbands we don't need to be supported we don't need the dumb alimony which like gives us a bad name in a sense because men feel like taken advantage of after their first divorce i know and mine so does. they're, they're I know. assholes mine after you know, that they're assholes to women <laughs> yeah and then after that they're assholes to women for the rest of their lives you know yes. they're like looking for shortcuts or they go to like you know sex tourism or whatever because they're paranoid about it, whatever but but you know if the government the moment you become pregnant gives you a monthly salary mm -hmm. to raise these kids like you know the the whole like Andrew Young thing but instead of like everyone just start with that and then when the children are in college mm -hmm. we have already had an income which is amazing and we're more familiar with that whole you know way of like being paid to do have something have you written him this we, <laughs> need to, we need to reach out and tell him I'm serious. I think that's really it's funny. Yeah. Really brilliant. Mm -hmm. Damn. Because I don't know if I totally agree with his freedom dividend for everybody. Yeah, I don't agree there for no? everybody. No. Right. But yeah. I think if you did it for, you know, people in school, um, Right, exactly. People, people who go back to school. Right. All the mothers. Right. You know, and however I don't know what other categories, you know. Uh, are people not working, seeking work and right. doing things yeah. to kind of yeah. Yeah. get political? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all political. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, no, marriage is a flawed institution. So how do we, you know, move on from that into a place where we can be free and still be intimate and be sexual and have children, you know, and then to me, like our ultimate power is women, which is the power the patriarchy has been you know, completely terrified of from the beginning of time, historical time, is that we give birth, right? We give birth, they don't. These kids are ours. Yes. They're not theirs. Yes. Using this whole system is like set up to take the kids away from us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, doing away with marriage in some way or another allows the woman to be the main, you know, educator, the main provider, you know, and it, I mean, I assume that there would be much more feminist boys growing up this way, right? If they weren't surrounded by like male role models in the house. My daughter calls it toxic masculinity. <laughs> she does. Yeah. That, that whole I don't thing. always agree with that. I think it's, cr I think things may be moving that way. I mean, both my kids have said they aren't getting married and now my son is getting married. But I know that if marriage was... Uh, a complete contract that you can right. negotiate yeah. and then renegotiate every three to five years. Right. Yes. You know, imagine how right. things could be. No big brouhaha, no party, right. no right. gowns. And, oh, and, we, and, and I think socially we make it such a 
it's still, uh, you know, I, I got divorced and I lost half my friends because right. the stigma of like, oh, yeah. you were divorced. That always happens. And now, yeah. you know, that, uh, people will weird. say, oh, Choose I really liked him better than her anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. All my new besties are all my single friends. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. But I, I wonder if marriage can ever be done away with because there, it's a huge industry. Oh, it's a huge, nasty you know? industry. <laughs> I mean, just go to Miracle Mile and count how many oh shops God, are selling gross. wedding dresses. And the waste of money. It's just oh, unbearable. Oh, the waste of money. Is, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I, honestly, I have to say, I'm going to disagree a little bit because I think if two consenting adults really want to do that, mm-hmm. I mean, I personally think instead of spending half a million dollars on a wedding, go ah. build a church or a ah. school or whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I think that if two, like my son and his fiance are getting married and they're having, she bought a dress, not an expensive dress, mm-hmm. and they're having kind of a boho cash wedding and it's not going to be expensive. But for them, it's important. So I want to support that for well, them. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not against marriage. Yeah. I just didn't, I chose not to do it myself. But right, right. I just wonder, so what I'm saying is I don't know that you can ever really Get away with, do away. Do away with marriage. I'm against marriage. I mean, clearly, you know, it's very premature to say that. So I'm not judging all my friends who get married. And if my daughter wants to get married, power to her. I'm just saying that on a political basis, Mm -hmm. on a conceptual basis, as a feminist, Mm -hmm. I think that getting out of... This, you know, the the structure mm-hmm. of marriage will empower women. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I think so too. So, when, you know, whenever yeah. it's like <laughs> whenever we, we can, because in this I'll society, wait. yeah, we'll you know, wait. we're we're raised to think, oh, one day I'll grow up, I'll fall in love, I'll marry a man, we'll have a house, a car, and we'll I'll have be two safe. children, and I'll be safe, and yeah, it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the percentage is now, but at, they say in this country, fifty percent of all marriages end in divorce, and I yeah. bet it's more, more than, than that fifty. Now. More than fifty, yeah. yeah. But it's in, insidious because we are trained to feel deeply secure when we have that. Yes, you know. So for a woman to learn to find so just even have a like man. psychological safety and security within herself, yes, it's very difficult. Yes, it's difficult. Yeah. But even that said, uh, even if women, uh, heterosexual women, want a man because they feel safe, but I think sometimes it's also about not being alone. And uh, that's why I think some people stay in marriages that mm-hmm. are not happy yeah. because it's yeah. it might not be perfect, alone. but yeah. Yeah, the fear yeah. of being alone. And yeah. Some people don't like to be alone. Yeah. At all, they're yeah. terrified of it. Mm-hmm. So there's, it. there's all we well, and I grew up alone, time. so I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I need alone time actually. Yeah. If I'm around people constantly, uh, I, I, yeah. I mean, even going to an opening or something where right? there's everybody's coming up to you and talking yeah. and blah, yeah. blah blah blah, yeah, and it's it's almost too much yeah. for me sometimes. But yeah, especially depending on what they're saying. Saying, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> You can anyway, make your public service announcement you know, now. <laughs> can I just say, can I make a public service announcement? Yes, please. Okay. So, um, how will I frame this? If uh, to younger people, this is really uh, gear, uh, directed to them, uh, although it, you could be any age and do this, but I recently um, met a young woman who I guess knew about me and my work. And the first thing out of her mouth, 
gushing, <laughs> uh, was, oh, you don't look anything like your age. <laughs> that was the first Shocking. thing she said to me. And then she said the age, which I'm not going to say, uh, because it's just a number. Yes. Um, and I was so shocked. Uh, and then she kept repeating it. Like, I just thought, oh, you're so beautiful or whatever she was. Well, you are. Well, I I don't think so. But anyway, that's why we love, uh, other women friends, because I always tell you you're beautiful, <laughs> even if you're not, but... Even if um, you don't believe it. Even if you don't believe it. But okay. well, I was I astonished. <laughs> and so this is a young photographer who wanted to meet me. And this is the first thing out of her mouth. And I thought, well... Ageism. Uh, yeah. And so I said, well, do you have some work in this exhibition? I tried <laughs> to change the subject. But I was, I have to say, it, um, it was like getting punched in the stomach mm-hmm. it, and not in a nice way because mm-hmm. I just thought, well, why is that even a concern? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think she was trying to be nice. She's trying to be polite, but it's really, but that's it was, old thinking. It's, it's really old, old thinking, thinking mm-hmm. for a young person. Mm-hmm. You yes. Know, because but, and we talked really, about this because yes. I, you know, unloaded on you a little bit about it because we have to talk about these things. Uh, and I just think it's because of social media. There's no filters. People will say anything that teenagers say, oh, you should kill yourself because you're so ugly. Or right. I mean, they're saying horrible things, you know? Um, and I just think they don't think because it, they just, whatever they, because they could write whatever they wanted. So they say whatever they want. And there's right. not this sense of social etiquette, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... And because I had just had a birthday, so I already wasn't that excited about it. Um, I mean, glad to be alive for another year, but not <laughs> not happy about the number. But yeah. um, so for yeah. those young'uns who are listening, just if you find somebody that you really admire, don't say that right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Don't and say that at all. At all. Yeah. What does it have to do with it's anything? Irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. And I can guarantee you that uh, if I was ever judging this woman's con, uh, this woman's work in a contest, well, I like to think I can rise above that, but I would remember certainly it. remember it. Yeah. And yeah. then we never yeah. know subconsciously how exactly. that really right. has right. us exactly. reacting. That's, I mean, that's, exactly. yeah. So I, I mean, I really try to rise above these things, um, but mm-hmm. you never know. Yeah, but, but we, I just we're all spirit. Thing. And we should communicate at yeah. this level of like yeah. spirit in, of each other. You know, but we're in a youth culture, and yes. the social media artists is emphasizing artist to artist. Well, artists I thought to about yes. creators like to create woman to woman, yeah. artist to artist. Yeah. It's like well, thinking about it after the fact, or your work. I wish or, I had taken her into a corner and just said, "This is not yeah, okay, something you want to say." Clearly, you're excited about meeting me, but this is not the first thing out of your mouth, honey. Yeah, right. and in fact, it's never out of your mouth yeah. because right. you're uh-huh. basically talking to me because you think I'm important. Mm-hmm. And I've been around a long time, and I know a lot, and I know people, and I can mentor and all kinds of things. Exactly, so mentor is recognizing an importance, but you're putting it on this very yeah um, crass. It's a crass, crass level. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm I'm more than that. Yeah. We are right. more than our age. Right. Well, but all these other things. Right. That's the least well, important I think, thing. I think for um, you in particular, having known you now for many years, or you know, five years, you're really a very kind of interesting person. You want to talk about like things and issues and topics. So it's just like really that, you know, it may be if you were a guy and you had a big ego, 
you might have been like all swag about it, but it was like offensive, you know? It's like, no, talk to me about, let's talk about our brain or the way we see things or mm-hmm. how we make mm-hmm. art or... But I do feel that this culture post, so 21st century, like post social media explosion and post like big tech explosion is very um, youth focused. Absolutely. And youth, Absolutely. you know, worshiping. Mm-hmm. And there is... You know, the respect that we had for our elders, I mean, I had it very much, you know, like my mentors in creative writing and in art were like gods, you know, they were gods. Mm -hmm. And they taught me not just how to work, but how to be a creative. You know, I I would do their errands, I would hang around them, I was always, you know, there Mm -hmm. learning how to be in the world as a creative person, right? Right. and we read, you know, or looked at the art or studied the art of our, you know, mentors, mothers, fathers, spiritual, artistic, creative, you know, uh, elders. Um, and that was huge for me, you know, and I honored that, you know, so when I did something, I would name in whose tradition I see myself always and why I do it. And now it's like... I love th- that, Eve. That That's ends. cool. Right. Well, if you're learning from the masters, the masters are people who've been around a long time. Exactly. Grown grown from that and become wiser and then pass the wisdom on. Yeah. So So that's who we are. We are becoming now the mentors. You know, we are becoming, you know, but somehow in the culture, um, there is always like this quest for the young, new voice and the young, new whatever, you know, photographer, painter, writer. Yes, the writer. next new 23-year-old who yeah. sensation. Yeah. yeah, and in our media, specifically trick. in our media, I mean, that may be true of like models or athletes or many other jobs, mm-hmm. but in our world of like creative output, experience makes a huge difference in the quality of the work. You cannot be as good in your like 20s or early 20s as mm-hmm. you're going to be in your 30s or right. 40s or 50s. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I agree. Yeah, because you learn so much. Deeper, yes, you get deeper. You have more experiences. You learn so much from living and from people and that you meet and and right. Because it's one thing to master the art, but it's a whole other thing to bring a mature eye, yeah, in a in a well seasoned brain, you know, or a constantly learning. Like, and and I wish that culturally, men. I think younger men should be lining up at the fucking door like, let me have her. Because we are finally where they wish yeah, a woman would sexually, probably be. Yeah, exactly. I, I've like, had some younger lovers. Yeah, yeah. It's not always as interesting as you might think. No, it's yeah. not as interesting. No. <laughs> they have a lot to learn, but we yeah. can teach them. But, I, you know, I'm not interested in raising a lover no agree no, so agreed. much yeah. yeah but bless her little hearts they're trying and we love that they even want to look at us right yeah so, yeah. yeah yeah but it's um, nice so just yeah. draw on that draw on yes i will and yeah. and now that i've talked about it uh, for a couple of days and thought about it now it's like now i can let it go psa well, I, yeah, yeah, I got to do. An official, Thank you. And, an and, our, and our audience is, you know, I'm going to say 80% young. Mm-hmm. So you're at the right, um, at the right place. Uh, so, but anyway, it doesn't matter. No, it's okay. Should I? No, no, I don't want to stop. Okay. I think she's saying something about somebody's car. I don't know. It's fine. No, it's it fine. Be mine. It's, a, it's okay. It's okay. I wouldn't worry about it. 
podcast listeners, this is yeah. happening in real life. <laughs> I know. Yes. I know. Real time. <laughs> anyway, I think like we could, uh, what time is it? I think we could wrap it's, it up right yeah. here. Yeah, I think yeah, we could wrap perfect. it up. Yeah. And we've yeah. run the gamut. Yeah. Maybe. Good maybe gamut. not, but a pretty good gamut. I yeah. mean, you, we could talk about this every day, couldn't we? Yeah. We could talk about something else if you have something in mind before we... No, um, I, feel, I feel pretty complete. I, yeah. I just, uh, you know, for me, the gap is always between like how great I feel in manifesting in a relationship right? as opposed to the reality of that happening. That's really the only kind of slightly um, missing piece for me. But I, I agree. I'm, I'm happy to live with that because I think that my, um, where I am is more important than making it transactional where I kind of dumb down, like, I, I'm very strong. I know I have a strong energy. I know I'm kind, but the energy is really strong. And I think that I'm not willing to kind of tamp that down anymore in my life. So, yeah. And I think that's really important now because, you yeah. know, how much, yeah. we don't know how much longer we're going to be alive. So let's not... Um, Every day, baby. Yeah. Every, every day. day. <laughs> every day yeah. is Yolo. a new day. Every and, day. Yeah. Yeah. Just be who you are and be proud of it. And yeah. anyway, uh, yeah. and I, it becomes more and more precious too, mm -hmm. as we, you know, with each passing day, we, yeah. we realize, yeah, I'm not going to be here forever. I always thought I would be because I couldn't imagine getting to a certain age. And now I realize I'm not going to be. So I have to make every day count in some way, even if it's just to, Feel the sun on your face. Right. Oh, absolutely. Smell yeah. the uh, ocean yeah. air. Or yeah. Feed your soul. Feed your yeah. soul. Feed your yeah. body. Feed your heart. Mm -hmm. Be yeah. with people that really support and love you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you exactly. listening, young people? And don't sweat, <laughs> don't sweat the small stuff. Right? Yeah, don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. And, and yes, you know, part of like... It's hard not to, but don't. Part of where we're at is that mm -hmm. we're at a place where we've brought all of the aspects of ourselves together. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, yes. and that's mm -hmm. a, it's a great place to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where you can finally make sense of what you've done your work, your thoughts, your beliefs, you know, your place. It's amazing. It's yeah, amazing. It's a powerful feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's okay if we, you know, if we do it alone. That's mm -hmm. totally cool. Well, we have I our feel. friends. Yeah. Yeah, we have, we have each have other. But thanks so much for thank inviting you for us coming. to have this yeah, conversation. Thank you for having thank us. You, it was so much fun. Uh, it was. It was. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Thank you for trusting me as your sex whisperer. And until next week, Speak sex. Yeah. <laughs>